0: That's blue Nile.com.
1: Welcome to, what well, old Queen? A candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, the views here are purely those of the content providers and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, please let your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> old Queen. I'm going to call it episode 1A, because last week was a bit of an introduction. As you said, it was a dry run,
2: whereas this is the more lubed up version. Dry run is a word that I use a lot in my practice as an artist. (laughs) What
1: about lubed up? Not so much. Right, okay. In Um, my art practice. Well, this is going to be the lubed up one. I'm ready. So are you looped up and ready to go? Pretty much. Okay, good. So today uh we I'm I want a little bit of a review about last week's Please last do. episode. <laughs> uh because I think we've given out some misinformation. Important. Is that a drag name? Misinformation. Is that, that your drag be. name. Oh, okay. Later on we're gonna do a little bit of a a new feature kind of feature. Yeah. Uh, called a kinky blink because obviously as old queens we are knowledgeable about some things but we don't know everything we don't know everything and I certainly don't know everything
2: about kink Um, although I do like a bit of kink myself occasionally and actually getting older I realize you know there's more kink to explore Mm. which is which is the joy of getting older I think
1: yeah and also you want to, as you've tried many things, you might want to mix it up a little bit and have... Or uh, you just constantly want to try more and more. You just want to try something different and see if it works. Suck it in see, as mm. they say. So last week uh, we talked about figging, which was a new one to me. Um, this is the ginger. This is the ginger up the bottom mm. or the vagina if mm. you're uh, female orientated. I mean, I, I'm not sure that appeals to me because I I don't really like heated seats. They make me feel like I've wet myself, and probably sometimes I have. But like um, that, that warm sensation, I don't like. I don't like a. Um, you can get those lubes, which are a bit spicy. Mm. Yeah, that that doesn't do that for me. I
2: I like putting ginger in a lot of things. So <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I would. I would be willing to give you, that a go, but I haven't as haven't, yet.
1: Okay, so you, you, but when you do, you'll let us know, won't you? And well, I think right. we could do a, a whole podcast about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: um, but we also talked about another um, kinky act, which uh, where
2: you put uh, what was it you said? You put. Um, uh, well, I think it's um, a, a long metal object. Maybe it doesn't have to be metal. Um, up your urethra, so mm. the little hole of your penis. Yeah. Uh, and I said it was called forking. Which... And I just bowed to your ultimate wisdom. Well,
1: because again, I, I haven't tried this, but maybe but I But it's shouldn't. common practice. It is common practice, but it's called sounding. <laughs> So you can see how I got messed up with that. Why do they call it sounding? Because I think it is something to do with a a tuning fork that you've put up there, and then you make it vibrate. So it's a sounding thing. So I was kind of on the right musical. It is quite musical, but you know, I I very avant garde. I don't think it needs to be musical, (laughs) but it's probably quite avant garde anyway. Um, Uh, I um, I've got quite a big. Uh, hole so because I've I've passed a few kidney stones and and stuff so do they go through
2: that hole yeah
1: well when you pass them yeah mm. so it's quite painful uh but luckily it, it was quite big so but I could... you
2: didn't have any like surgical procedure to get rid of them they just naturally passed through
1: yeah because apparently it's the nearest that a man gets to uh experience in pregnancy they are quite painful the nearest
2: I've ever got to that experience well i mean i i've had that experience but not mm. in a sexual context apart mm. from it was a sexual health clinic mm. which was what they used to do yeah i don't think they do that practice anymore for testing for chlamydia yeah
1: so now they do it with a urine test but yeah. yeah they used to do a swab mm. which yeah I guess wasn't I've much fun there. no <laughs> <laughs> anyway the first kidney stone was a virgo and the second one um I passed on my birthday which so it was a libra it was and it was the best birthday present I Oh had.
2: you're referring to them as your babies. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> little crystalline babies <laughs> that
1: grow in my kidneys. Um but anyway, I digress. So sounding is what you do when you stick something up your urethra. Forking is something completely different. So forking is the sexual act in which a man enters a woman or a man from behind. The enterer, the, the bottom, lies down on their stomach with legs spread, knee joints straight. What? The top enters with a straight body such that the fork that is formed consists of the legs of the bottom on the sides and the top's legs in between. I mean. Can we try it later? <laughs> See how it works. Oh, it sounds it sounds like when you've played Twister, <laughs> does it? I, I think that sounds a bit boring. It's like what oh, is it? Just the shape? I don't. I'm not, I'm not sure how you get any sexual pleasure from that. It's probably
2: just the same as.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm no, sure. I
2: really want it with this feature. I want to get down and dirty and get like you know, like rinds of bacon and those sorts of things. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But maybe that's more... Porking. Than, I don't know what that is. <laughs> do you know the one uh, I'm talking about? No, I think we need to look Bacon this up. rind. Um, slight mm-hmm. gagging, I think, is involved. But uh, we, we need to do f- some more research.
1: Bacon rind gagging. Okay, but we're going to do some research and we'll, we'll do that as our kinky blink feature today, later on. But today I want to talk about Dates. Yeah. Not the dates that you eat, but when you go on a date with someone yeah, and how
2: that's changed for us over the years. Mm. How do you think it's changed? Well, what, immediately when you started talking about it, I was just thinking about this event that I led in a museum called Hot Dates from the Past, yeah. where I've done it in the National Portrait Gallery and in a museum in Bristol where we looked at the portraits and imagined them to be profiles on Tinder and Grindr and weaved in a little bit of social his, bit of their social history and what was happening at the time of that particular person that was featured in the portrait or the painting itself and a bit of the kind of contemporary chat that you do on the apps but in answer to your question probably lots of things have changed and lots of things have stayed the same for me my relationship to it has changed quite significantly because I, I don't really care anymore <laughs> and I don't really look at that. I have an insatiable quest for meeting people and having fun and all those things and want that. But I don't need to be in a relationship and I don't want to be at the moment, really.
1: No, but I, and I think
2: that's a, more of a
1: popular choice these days as well. Because when I first came out, I think I, I was really green. And I just assumed that you met someone, you liked them, you had... Kind of sex with them, and then you, you were with them <laughs> for that was your relationship mm. and I did try that for a number of years, and they all kind of went to pot, partly because I think you, you're putting too much onus on the other person to bring you happiness mm. and really, the happiness has to come from within you and you mm. need to make yourself fulfilled and then the relationship is the cherry on top, but because we live in quite a heteronormative World, you're you're almost seen as a little bit of a failure if you're not in a relationship.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't feel that, but I'm aware that people do feel that. I don't feel that either. But so even
1: even if you go on Grinder, I'd sometimes get um, asked by someone that I'm chatting to, "How come you're single?" Mm. As if it's like a bad thing to
2: be. Yeah. Yeah, I have had that too. But I, I feel like it's more to do with them than me. I do think that there's, that there's lots of practicalities that would be much more beneficial about me being in a relationship. Like, I, I could definitely get a mortgage if I was in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like, I mean, I'm at the moment contemplating, like, 50 things to do before I'm 50.
1: God, 50 things to do before you're 50? I've got, like, two months.
2: But I've but, only got about ten of them, so in my head at the moment, so okay, yeah, and also I want to get a cat like desperately, and if I had a cat, then who's going to look after it um, while I'm away? Well, it could be like this extra person. <laughs> <laughs> but these aren't the re- these aren't like these aren't reasons why. They're not the real good reasons. No, but also
1: we in this day and age, different types of relationships are more de rigueur, mm. and we have like an extended gay family. where I'm sure you know. I'm sure I could come around and feed your cat if you're away. You yeah. might get bored. I'd get away quite a lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you know, you've got we've we've got a group of friends,
2: so you could we could do it on rotation. I don't have a cat flap either, so you'd have to be like right. Letting it in and out. Yeah. Maybe... Get one. M- maybe get
1: another. <laughs> get yeah, a, we can't get, um, get a cat flat before you actually get the cat. Well, yeah, pratica- practically it is quite good to, to have a partner or a family. Financially, but, yeah. yeah. But... Or a family. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... But different types of relationships, You're getting fulfilled, uh, getting fulfilment from a number of people rather than just one person... Yeah. ..is more the fashion these days, the polyamory. Am, yeah, I'm
2: well up for that.
1: Yeah, and I I think, I think there's a lot of onus on someone to give you everything, like to be the be-all and end-all mm. to you and, and bring you all the happiness and fulfilment. Mm. That's a lot of pressure to put on one person, mm. whereas actually... You can get that from a number of people. And it doesn't have to be romantic. It could be your friends as well. Mm. But I think a lot of people put so much onus on their relationship that everything else gets gets blurred into the background. And mm. actually, there are a number of relationships probably in your life which should be important to you and of equal importance. But, you know, how do you meet these people? It, how how has that changed over the years? I mean, the, obviously,
2: there's the advent of apps. Mm. Uh, I mean, before that, it was online. Mm. Well, I think the difference... Like, if you go out on a night out, very rarely would that be an opportunity to meet someone and bring them back or anything like that. That's not really why, you know, I go out. Whereas I do remember 20 years ago, that being a bit of a drive to go out. Yeah. Um, Because you can always do it at a later date. And actually, meeting someone and taking them back is probably... A bit more fun when you're sober which I never yeah. really well I guess I never thought of before
1: inhibitions go down when you've had a few drinks mm. uh, but yeah that was the onus wasn't it? you go out and it'd be a, a bit of a meat market and you try and get
2: someone and then the walk of shame on the way home the yeah. next day like I mean I I don't do that <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to do that
1: now, and I think and, and I think that's quite good because now going out is go actually going out and having some fun. It's the mm. the onus is yeah, you know, it's going out having some fun with your friends rather than you keeping another eye out for somebody that you might want to go home with that night. Mm. And I think that's uh, ha- actually having fun and having a good time is a, is a better reason to go out than just copping off with someone mm. um, because you can always do that later at, the, you know, at leisure.
2: I oh, yeah and I think that actually that whole thing is just like I've got so many lovely friends you being one of them Bernie and if I had my eye out on who I was going to go home with you know at the end of the night hmm. then that would that would relinquish if that's the right word take away from being enjoying that moment with those friends that are around me
1: yeah um and that's what I love about going out now I think it's 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 more about friendships and maybe making new friends mm. as well rather than you know trying desperately at the end of the night to try and cop off with someone so that's changed when so when all of this came into existence uh, like online dating uh like gaydar mm. and things like that, I think that's when the whole kind of sex meet thing started in a way mm. but You'd still go out on a date
2: with someone, wouldn't you? Through Gaydon? Yeah. But have you ever been on, like, a dating site like Guardian Soulmates? No. It's so boring. Well,
1: but I think that those sorts of things are coming back, like like dating agencies. So they used to have, like, physical mm. dating agencies where you'd actually go in and have an interview with someone. Mm. And um, they would then pick from their clientele who would be the perfect person for you to have a relationship with or go on a date with. Mm. Um, Because of the apps, and it is, they've mainly, even Tinder and things like that have mainly turned into being sex meet apps.
2: Mm. Are
1: you on on Tinder? I am Um, on Tinder. We haven't matched yet. No, (laughs) we haven't. I haven't seen you on there. (laughs) I think you've blocked me. Um, most people do. But I think people are disillusioned with that because some people do want to go out and have a relationship. Mm. What, so what do you think about that? Do you, I think maybe there is a growing need for dating agencies and, and for people to hook up. Because I think it's quite difficult to meet someone for a relationship, certainly as you get older. Mm.
2: I don't feel like... I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, Yeah, but it's not in my trajectory um but you must know people that do because i do yeah. i mean i'm happy being so, a single i mean i know a lot of a lot of people that i know mm. i mean i do know a lot of gay men but i also know a lot of middle-aged women yeah and i i think they find it really difficult because because probably it's about there being too many options available for for everyone so nothing yeah. gets nobody commits to anything this is too. I think yeah relationships are so transient these days mm.
1: that are you know because there is so much choice it's quite difficult to find someone that actually wants to stick
2: when I think about you know when when you pose the question and when, we, when I think about relationships I just feel so I don't like have loads of regrets but I do regret how much time I invested into try to salvage relationships that weren't really going anywhere because I was scared of what it would be like in the situation like I am now being like middle-aged and single and now that I am middle-aged and well into being single like I haven't really had a proper like relationship for five years if I knew that it was going to be this good then I would have like spent no time worrying about that and I would have just been like bring it on I'm well up for that it's brilliant I can't wait yeah exactly but do you think again that's about the conditioning that we had when we were kids because
1: this society is still conditioned on you meeting the one and being in love with them forever uh, even mm. I mean, it's in all the movies, it's in TV shows and mm. things like that. Whereas actually in reality, that doesn't happen very often.
2: Mm. But I think that um, the benefits for me at the moment weigh, outweigh that because I just I don't really want that. No. What, well, how do you feel about polyamory? Well polyamory feels a bit too organised for me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) How do you mean? Well, because I probably am polyamorous, but I don't identify as that because I'm just seeing... I'm just seeing different people at different times. Yeah. And for different reasons. And I'm not having a... I'm not saying to them... We're in a polyamorous relationship. Yeah, because that, that doesn't really...
1: I think it's more for people that are actually sometimes in an existing relationship and they want to open it up mm. that they use that terminology. Yes. Whereas actually, yeah, people like you and I are probably we probably are in polyamorous relationships with people, but it's just an unsaid thing. You're not labeling it as something,
2: and therefore probably not putting so much restriction on it because of it. I mean, I'm 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 seeing someone, and I've been seeing them for probably I don't know. Since last October, we go for the cinema and meals out and things like that, as well as everything else in between. We've never had that conversation. Right. I think if I have feelings for someone,
1: I want to have a conversation with them. When I get emotionally involved with someone, I just have to label it. Um, How do you feel about people that, when you are on the apps and stuff like that, and they are in a relationship, looking for something extra?
2: Well, I don't really... I don't judge I don't judge them have you had any disastrous dates the only thing that springs to mind a stupid thing I don't know whether I should say this just opening a wrapper of a condom Mm. and my front tooth falling out (laughs) does that count that's like an embarrassing moment
1: yeah well I guess well and also very expensive yeah well for dental dental
2: work work. (laughs) did you get them to pay for some of it I um, I did tell them how much it cost. Right. Did they offer? No. Oh. <laughs> I was just sent them the bill. <laughs> with a
1: note saying, should we go 50-50 on this or
2: what? <laughs> 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 um, I'm noticing that I'm like drinking two glasses of wine to your one. Well,
1: you can fill me up a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: anyway, we're going to take a little break
1: there and uh, we'll catch you in a bit. So we're back and um okay. so we're gonna do we're gonna do our regular feature shack out of it uh, and yeah. do you believe in life after lunch the share uh, no
2: yeah uh, it's a share link oh. i struggle with life after lunch uh, okay uh,
1: anyway so um i've got something sweet for you this week tom and uh, as it's the 50th anniversary of the moon landings this year
2: Yes, and I know a lot about that. Do you? Well, all the artists that I'm working with are exploring that theme, it seems. So we're touching on that today. We're going to touch
1: on a a space theme. And uh, what I have for us is an astronaut Neapolitan ice cream sandwich. Where did you get this from? Well, NASA, obviously because they like me to try out all their sh- snacks. Before. Via Italy? Via, <laughs> Via Italy. <laughs> um, it's got a lovely, lovely picture of uh, an astronaut on the front. Actually, the moon landing. So it's freeze-dried and ready-to-eat space food. Houston, we have a problem. Freeze-dried Neapolitan ice cream sandwich, ready-to-eat straight from the
2: packet. So it's not cold. It's... So when it says ice cream, that's a lie, really. Uh, uh, well, it is ice cream, but it's freeze-dried ice cream. It oh,
1: looks quite, like a chuck ice. It's quite well wrapped.
2: Oh, that's good. Um. Now, you see, I would have just added that wrapper as well, <laughs> but... I'm not sure it's (laughs) rice paper or anything. It's a bit like a biscuit. It's like an oversized bourbon biscuit. I'll take that bit bit that already feels like it's broken off. Yeah. And what? Half a month on the floor. It's a honeycomb sensation. Mm. Um. I would say on the drier side of life. Yeah, I think you would need some, some. But fluids actually, it does this. moisten up once it gets mm. in the mouth. Does mode.
1: it taste like a Neapolitan ice cream sandwich?
2: I couldn't eat a whole one. I'm glad no. to share it with you. Yeah,
1: I, I did actually have one each for us, but I think. Oh, okay. A little bit, a little bit of one is enough. Maybe we could do it again next week. I mean, <laughs> we could. No, I've got something. I've got, I've got at least four episodes worth of weird one for snacks for us. So, I mean, would you eat this a lot or not? No. I think I might eat it if there was nothing else to eat and I was in space,
2: or just not wanting to leave the house for anything. <sighs> and it was in the back of the cupboard. Mm. Which I often find myself in that situation. Mm. Me too.
1: Um, Neapolitan ice cream is like different It's supposed to be different colors isn't it and different flavors. I didn't really get that from this.
2: No, it tastes pretty much the same flavor th- all the way through.
1: Yeah. What flavor is it?
2: Strawberry. It's a bit like a bourbon biscuit with a strawberry edge. Yeah. So it's all
1: kind of, so the flavors kind of like merged into one. I mean, is this really what astronauts ate? when they went to the moon Neapolitan ice cream sandwiches
2: it's I mean this is probably the highlight of the day like the the, the, the the thing that they've been waiting for
1: I have to say I'm not a big fan
2: my throat feels really dry now yeah.
1: I might need to have some more wine but would they freeze dry like a roast dinner do you think and you'd, you'd eat that?
2: I'm up for that
1: I'm up, definitely up for that. Up for freeze-dried roast. Mm-hmm. Again, again, it might be a bit dry. I like a bit of gravy on my roast.
2: No, I don't like that much gravy. Don't you? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I, I like mine swimming. <laughs> Literally swimming in gravy. Um, yes, yeah, a bit dry. I mean, maybe as more of a winter snack than a
2: than a summer snack, this. Yeah. I tend to eat more in the winter.
1: Well we're gonna stay on a food theme mm. with our new um, a new feature. Oh yeah. A kinky blink. Mm. You mentioned earlier there's uh, something to do with a a bacon rind. And um, actually it's not ba- it's not just bacon rind, it's just a length of bacon. It's it's a length of bacon. I love a bit mm. of bacon mm. with stuff. I once had a pork old fashioned cocktail which is basically an old-fashioned with a bit of grilled bacon on the Mm, top. uh, I'm up for that. Yeah, Mm, that's amazing. I'm not sure I'm up for this. I don't know. Wolf banging. Well, drink that glass of wine and you might change your mind. (laughs) So, wolf banging is anal sex with a person who, prior to the deed, has swallowed a piece of raw bacon with a length of string attached to it. One end of the string hangs out of the mouth of the anal recipient. And as the moment approaches for the anal giver, he yanks the piece of string, causing the other person to vomit up the piece of bacon. During vomiting, the muscles in the anus become tightly clenched, causing an amazing sensation for the anal giver. I think I could do that on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have done it on my own. But
2: maybe after too much wine. Just wife, have to I think know. about something mm. horrific. Mm. Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's been used in many sexual
1: practices. Or or Brexit. Mm-hmm. You know, any anything like that, which is kind yeah. of nauseous. Also, uh, can I just say, with the kinky blink thing, we, we will keep that as a feature but if you are interested in um, kinky stuff and things like that, there's a very good uh, vlog on YouTube called "What's the Safe Word" with Pupamp and Mr. Chris. They're American and they're very, very good and fun, and um, it's a good thing to, to to watch if you're interested in in kinky subjects. Anyway, uh, let's let's move on. I've got some question uh, question and answers for mm-hmm. us in our mm-hmm. Queens of Agony. Let's call it. And uh, just as a little caveat, we have life experience, but we're not experts on everything. So there may be some things which uh, um, we'll give you advice on, but they might not be the right, right advice. Uh, so, Dear Old Queens, I'm a massive bottom, but I've recently suffered from an awful affliction. I have piles. Can I still bottom with these things, or will I need to learn how to top? Will I suffer forever, or am I making a mountain out of a molehill? Um, that's from Not Quite Versatile Yet in Clevedon.
2: <laughs> well, I can't say anything with Clevedon, seriously, because <laughs> that's where my parents live.
1: <laughs> I mean, it could be your parents. And I'm not... I, I mean, I'm not... And as expansion. a family,
2: actually, we have suffered quite a lot from piles. Oh, really? I've managed to escape that curse. So... As you say, we are not the experts at everything. No. Um, And I've never experienced piles. I know people that have. Mm. Well,
1: well, the weird thing is, is that I've, I, in my life, for most of it, touch wood, uh, I've not suffered from piles. But as I'm 50 this year, uh, nature decided to play a cruel trick on me. And, um, and, And I have suffered from them this year and then they're not very nice the grapes of wrath Uh, yeah the the grapes (laughs) of wrath
2: yeah um and um so you know more you know how to answer this question my immediate response is um can you just get them sorted
1: i've done a bit of research into this They, they flare up for a couple of days And then they tend to go. And if they're really bad, then I think you should go and see the doctor because they can sort it out for you. I'm a big fan of uh, alternative therapies. So uh, I've tried a bit of apple cider vinegar, which is one of our Mm. favourites, in a bath, in a shallow bath. And that does alleviate the pain occasionally. Um, I mean, it's not a huge problem for me because I'm completely versatile. So... And, and as I get older I tend to top more than bottom but I, but I imagine
2: <laughs>
1: well I think it's I think being versatile is a bit of a curse sometimes because people don't believe you mm. it's a bit like being bisexual everybody thinks oh yeah well they're gay or whatever mm. and you know or if you say you're versatile you're really a bottom but actually I'm not I'm completely versatile but I'm probably 70-30 top these days because I'm, more of, I'm an older guy and I tend to be more the daddy, which, again, we've also talked about. Mm. Um, but uh, So I guess it's not such a huge problem for me. But I, I think the anal area is nice and sensitive and sexual. And if you've got these grapes of wrath, as, as you <laughs> <laughs> call them, which I love, um, uh, I think it is a little bit off-putting. You maybe don't feel as sexual as you. You could be, but I have done a little bit of research into this, and apparently it's fine. It's up to you whether you... Uh, I mean, it can be painful, but you can still have... Um, oh, yeah, I'm sure, science. yeah, yeah. But it's up to you whether yeah. you decide to do that yeah. or not, yeah.
2: My m- m- prominent experience with um, pile cream is just putting it under the eyes because it does reduce a baggy eye. Does it reduce a baggy eye, though? I, I, I learned that from Kate Moss. I suggested that
1: to someone, and they had the work that It just really affected. Them. I think they actually got it in their eye, which is really painful. And yeah, no, you just put the, it on the bag. You just put it on on the on the bag. Yeah, on the baggy eye. On the bag, yeah. right underneath. Yeah. So, and it just what does it do? Just reduces the swelling. Oh, okay. And I guess mm. that's what you want done. Mm with a pile to the grape yeah to the (laughs) grape Um, so there's your answer Uh, I I don't think you need to drastically turn into a top I just think you might have to just grin and bear it Uh, I've I've got another one here Um, dear old queens I came out late in life and haven't quite found my gay groove yet it's difficult to meet guys for sex or dates what's up with that and that's from uh, Ave Maria on a hillside convent in Austria. I think it says more. Well, about... he hasn't
2: really said where he's looking, or, or... Well, I'm
1: presuming he's looking on the
2: usual apps and... Well, he hasn't said that.
1: No, but I'm just making that assumption. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's, let's make that assumption. And, um, I mean, what are you doing? The, the weird thing is, is, I think you do have to be a bit of a marketing expert. On the app, sometimes because you need to take a good picture of yourself, and maybe, you maybe he's not taking a good picture of himself. Maybe he's not taking a good picture of himself, or maybe, and maybe having a bit of a jaunty little uh, bit of spiel in your profile. I maybe think. he
2: needs to ask a question
1: in his in his profile. Maybe yeah, maybe maybe it's about how he presents
2: himself to someone that he fancies. It's the art
1: of flirting, really, isn't it?
2: I think he's opened up a lot of questions that. We only have questions for him, really. Yeah. Well, I think we uh, need more information. uh,
1: Yeah, but possibly more information. But I like to make assumptions, so I will. (laughs) Okay. Well, do that. So, (laughs) I think you're right. I think you need a good opener, which is which is a good question. So Mm. make sure you have a look at their pictures and their. Have you got a good opener? I've got a good opening. I don't know. I tend to look at the uh, the profile picture and
2: maybe if there's anything in their profile and then. Um, say. But on yours, it doesn't say like. I mean, I had one over Christmas, which was make the your. Can you? Make the your type gay something like that? Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's great.
2: And or, it, and it was. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, how do you make the your time gay? But yeah, if you look at something like you know. If someone's going to put something like that, they're going to be interesting. So you need to equally up the ante with an interesting question. Or sometimes I just say, hello, handsome. Yeah. So if they haven't got anything interesting in their profile.
2: Well, that's a top tip. Uh, Yeah. Hello, handsome. Yeah, it's
1: a good opener. Or maybe it isn't. I don't know. Uh, We'll see. Maybe you're just going after the wrong guys. Um, I have one uh, last question for us this week. Um, Dear Old Queens, I consider myself a pretty sexually open-minded guy. That being said, I have a few friends who are into some pretty extreme kinds of sex, in brackets, fisting, groups, etc. I can't stop myself from feeling a bit judgy towards them, especially as many of these practices seem to involve more risk than I am used to. How can I learn to celebrate my friends... Filthy fucking!
2: I don't think you need to celebrate it. <laughs> like, like what? What does that look like to me? It doesn't look. You need to be happy with what you're doing, and and that's your lot, really. Uh, we've all got different parameters, and
1: yeah, we're on a different kind of spectrum in, yeah. in terms of kink and and what that involves. I think you just I mean just because they're into it doesn 't mean you have to be exactly that's what I mean,
2: really. I think that they can they don't need to follow in the same path as their friends. they just do their own thing yeah mm. um, I mean, is it because i mean they mentioned group
1: sex here is it because they're inviting that person into the group, do you think Well, we and we they hope don't hope want so. to, <laughs> well, I'd want to be invited. <laughs> If there's some group action going on, I mean, I would expect an invite. Maybe this is the root of it. Ah. Maybe they're they're not not, getting the invite. They're not getting the invite, so they're feeling a little bit prudish about everything. And it's more about the fact that they're not being invited. But maybe your
2: friends think you're a prude, so they're not inviting you. But also, there always needs to be someone that, you know, holds the camera or makes the tea or... we are not talking about making porn. We're (laughs) just having some group sex. No, but often people want to take pictures anyway just for their own personal use. Yeah. Uh, Yes, or their private
1: pics or scruff or something. Yeah. I've seen them. (laughs) Have you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Have I sent them to you? Accidentally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, I'm looking around your flat and I'm loving all of the birds that you've got.
2: Here. but also tonight we're covered in flies we, we, there is a <laughs> fruit flies fruit fly infestation <laughs> and I have a really good recipe for a fly
1: trap it's au, au naturel um, you put cider uh, vinegar apple cider vinegar yeah. <laughs> it is apple cider vinegar you're right as a lube as a hemorrhoid preparation mm. Uh, as just a life elixir really and a fly trap and um, so you put a bit of apple cider vinegar and a bit of honey mm. and a little bit of washing up liquid in a bowl with some water it attracts them they, all the flies just kind of they kind of sit on the rim for a bit as if they're kind of on the beach or the side of the pool sunning themselves and then they'll just take a, a dip and then mm. die so, uh, but it, it works it works like a charm
2: That reminds me of um, that beautiful quote that I was looking at from Quentin Crisp. Life was a funny thing that happened to me on the way to the grave.
1: (laughs) It certainly could be a funny Mm. thing that happened to the fruit
2: fly Mm. on the way to... Or this one, maybe. You fall out of your mother's womb, you crawl across an open country under fire... And you drop down into your grave.
1: Quite morbid, aren't they? Um, well,
2: th- so's the fruit fly that hangs well, yeah. around a cider vinegar <laughs> swimming pool.
1: Yeah, but they die happy.
2: They die happy.
1: Well, I think so, I think this is a humane that's what way. That's is talking about. Um, what was the quote that you said earlier on, which I loved as a parting word for this podcast? Oh, yes.
2: It's about failure um, which is something that I know about. What we all do. Um, If at first you don't succeed failure may be your style. But (laughs) I think it's certainly my style. Mm.
1: Um, I don't know about yours Tommy you're way more successful than I am. So (laughs) uh,
2: if you say so but I would agree disagree. (laughs) I've
1: got a friend of mine who is going to write their autobiography and the title is Embracing Failure and I think um, that's a good note to end on. I think don't be afraid of failing because that's how you learn to succeed. There we go. We'll see you next time on What That Old Queen. Uh, say goodbye, Tommy. Goodbye. Tom. Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> Bye. You have been listening to What? That Old Queen, starring Tom Marshman and Bernie Hodges. The episode was produced by Bernie Hodges for Inimitable in August 2019. You can contact the Old Queens by email at hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on Twitter.